So we keep on keeping on. Hey, little humans. I'm Norma Jean, and this is Stay Wild, the podcast about how to keep your quirks in the wondrous world. Welcome to episode number 19. Today, we're talking to Lindsay Dam, who's a spiritual guide, life coach, mentor, super mom. We've got a toast poem coming at you. Today's episode is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. I'm a singer, songwriter, daily doodler. You can see all my shenanigans at NJLoves. That's NJ like Norma Jean loves.com. If you like the podcast, as usual, please subscribe. Share it with all your friends, write us a review in the Apple Podcast Store, iTunes. And if you are coming to Bali, come and you're coming to Bali Spirit Festival, use the codes Stay Wild for the five day spirit pass or Stay Wild Abundance for the full enchilada abundance pass. So let's get to today's show. Until then, stay wild. Hey, little humans. Welcome to today's show. I'm here with Lindsay Dam. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. Lindsay is a life coach, spiritual guide, mentor, super mom, and she's here on the show to talk about some really interesting stuff today. So, Lindsay, how did you get started on, on your journey? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great question. Um, I really started like my spiritual path and searching when I was about 15, but, uh, my, my journey as a healer really started when I was a child. I was always drawn to doing body work and healing. And I even had little index card signs around my house for five minute massages for a quarter when I was eight years old. Oh, that's so cute. And for, the, <laughs> for those of you at home who aren't quite sure, body work is really like the physical, physical touching work of like energy healing, right? So it's like, it's like a very intuitive massage or um, going to get an adjustment. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hands-on. You're moving energy just from a very hands-on standpoint. So, yeah. Yeah. That's wow. exactly so you right. were always that person who was like, let's, what are our bodies? <laughs> yeah, I totally was. And I would be at parties in high school and people would just be lining up and I would just be giving massages. At oh, parties. you were that girl. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I was totally that girl. That's so, amazing. Yes. And so when I was 15, I was really trying to, I was really starting my spiritual search and was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I decided to go to massage school. I was actually massaging some friends of mine when I was contemplating this. And I was wondering what I was going to do with my life. And my friend was like, Lindsay, seriously, you're giving him a massage right now. And you do this all the time. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, noted. So I went to school when, as soon as I was old enough to, you have to be 18. And there I really learned uh, about energy work and learned about the chakra system and really esoteric anatomy. And I learned that a lot of these things I've been doing for people for years had names and therapeutic benefits. And you know, they were just skills that I had developed myself. So yeah. it was just really a very natural evolution, which was really cool. Cool. So and really yeah. quickly, for those of you at home listening, chakras are energy centers within the body. Um, and it's so it's, it's funny because a lot of people, you know, that, that move into alternative modalities, a lot of the time, they've been doing this for a long time, but they didn't know the name for it. Exactly, exactly. And there are still so many things that I learn almost 20 years later that have names and, you know, they're just things that I sense and I feel, but, you know, they'll have names and properties and benefits as well, too. So for the more the analytical brain, I, I tend to go by feel and that's what I've been trained to do. And that's, that was what I was naturally doing you know, way back when, when I had little index card signs around my house. So that's kind of what started me on this path. And then as I got older, I practiced full time doing massage and energy work. And then as I got a little bit older, and I got pregnant and went out on maternity leave, this is just very fast forwarding through my path. Mm. 
I sold this business that I had developed um, from scratch for 11 years, and I went on maternity leave, and that's when I started really wanting to create this life and this lifestyle that I'd been dreaming about for several years and was just having a hard time creating and manifesting because I'd built this really successful business, but it was a brick and mortar. It was kind of nine to five. You know, I worked Monday through Friday. I was able to set my own hours, but I was really in high demand and booked out for several weeks and it was day in, day out in an office and it really kept me rooted. And whenever I wanted to travel or go on vacation, I just had to work extra hard on both ends and then basically shut my business down when I went away. So for several years, I really kind of wanted to live this laptop lifestyle and be able to go on vacation or go travel and not have to shut my business down. And I really just wanted more freedom and flexibility. So when I was pregnant and I was trying to decide what I wanted to do and the thought of going back to work full time and paying someone to raise my child really wasn't very appealing to me. I just, I really wanted more. And this lifestyle that I've been dreaming about for several years, just, you know, it kept popping into my head and I thought, okay, I'm going to take this leap of faith. I'm going to go for it. So that's what I did. And that's what brought me more into doing life coaching and the work that I was doing with women over the phone, working with them as a nutritional therapist and as a fertility coach and as a healer, Mm. it's really like brought me full circle to doing this, um, being a spiritual mentor and being a life coach. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you at home who've never had a life coach or who've never, you know, what is what is a fertility coach? I mean, I'm a single gal. I'm not at that phase of my life yet. Um, what, what is that? <laughs> like, like is it, I just keep question. thinking of like a swim coach, you know, like stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, I get the sperm cells. We do call them swimmers. You could talk to them like that, but no, I, I kind of skipped over this part. So about five and a half, six years ago, I had a miscarriage and when I was in the hospital going through this, if, mm. you know, I had no idea what a miscarriage involved until I was experiencing one, but it wasn't a pleasant experience. Yeah. And so people don't talk about it. They don't. And that was, you know, it's kind of been one of my missions is to really talk about this because a lot of people experience fertility issues and a lot of people experience miscarriage. They and- do. I had a friend who, um, I had a friend who I've known since childhood post on Facebook about it. And it was, you know, she really was vulnerable, vulnerable and raw and talked about how intense it was and how devastating it was. And it's, you know, women don't talk about it. And I don't, I don't know why women don't talk about it, but I feel like we should. I completely agree. I think it's, you know, it's something that's so traumatic for a lot of women and they can feel a lot of shame in Mm. feeling like their bodies don't work. And that's, that's embarrassing. So in my experience in working with clients, that's what I've witnessed. So, and in for myself, you know, it was really embarrassing. And my partner didn't want me to talk about it when I, at any time after I had my miscarriage. In fact, he told his sister when we went down for Christmas that I had just had the flu and I wasn't feeling well when I had just Jeez, had a miscarriage wow. a few days later. So, okay. yeah. Like, that's a big, oh, (laughs) hell no. Like, oh, no. Our relationship ended shortly after that, but, (laughs) you know, which was a a really great blessing in disguise. Yeah, but a lot of the time, like, men don't even know that, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, that happened. But at the same time, like, are men conditioned to know what to do? Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't with me. It took him about 11 hours to get to see me in the hospital. So, I had lost a lot of blood and Mm. massive blood clots. I apologize for anyone listening if this is triggering anyone, Um, but a lot of blood clots and they were talking about giving me a blood transfusion. So I was really physically weak for a long time because I didn't have insurance. So I did not opt for a blood transfusion. And what everyone told me in the hospital, they were very compassionate for what I was experiencing, but they just kept saying, you know, this is really normal. 
And I, that just never sat well with me. I was like, really, you're talking about giving me a blood transfusion. How on earth can this be normal? Like Mm. we've evolved for, you know, tens of thousands of years. I don't believe that this can really be a normal experience that people routinely go through. So that really set me off on this path. And I went back to school a couple months afterwards to become a nutritional therapist. It was something that I'd always been intrigued in. And uh, my partner and I had since split up. So now I had all this time in my personal life to not only be working full time, but to go back to school. So I did that. And I learned a lot about preconception care through that. So preconception care is, is preparing your and caring for your body before getting pregnant. So it's nurturing. Yeah, from where I'm sitting on the like, you know, single gal not there in life phase. I, I mean, you know, coming from the West, I feel like that just means take some folic acid. Yeah. And folic acid, for the record, is synthetic. So you want to take at least 800 micrograms of folate or methylfolate for you or anyone else listening. Oh, good to know. <laughs> There's yeah. some fertility coaching right there for you, so you'll better be able to utilize that. But there's a lot of other uh, considerations. There's lifestyle considerations. There's nutrition um, from a nutritional therapy standpoint. There's making sure you're actually breaking down and absorbing the nutrients that you are consuming so that you can have enough building blocks to be able to have a healthy fetus and a healthy pregnancy. So, you know, from, from that standpoint on the very physical level, there's a lot of consideration. So I started implementing that and really I went to school not knowing I was going to learn any of this, but I just went to go fulfill a need that my inner voice was telling me I had to go do. And in doing so, I learned all about this reproductive health and I was able to heal my own fertility. Yeah. And then I started seeing how common fertility struggles really are. And so for several years, I combined nutritional therapy with my energy work and body work practice. So you were able to, and so this is when you really started to integrate a lot of different skills and experiences you had into being of service to your clients. Exactly. Exactly. So when I then did get pregnant and go out on maternity leave, I was like, okay, you know, I have all these skill sets. I really want to be at home. There are a lot of nutritionists who see people over the phone. So I was like, you know, I'm going to help make this work. And for the first six months or so, I was really solely focusing on nutrition because I didn't think people would be into the woo or the spiritual component or the energy healing component. And that was something that I really missed. But what I learned is every single person I worked with would get to a point where they would plateau. And then I would bring about very gently this spiritual and woo aspect. And as soon as we started addressing energy healing, they would get pregnant right away or they would get their period back right away when it had been missing for Mm. over a year. And not only that, they would all of a sudden find their dream jobs or they would find their dream houses at a really affordable rate. Um, All these incredible things started happening within their life that weren't just fertility based. So I started exploring that And that's really what led me down to the path that I'm actually doing right now. So, which is much deeper, like womb healing for a lot of women and working with them to tap into and connect to source and develop their spirituality Hmm. so they can really start to manifest and create all these incredible things in their life that they've wanted for a long time but didn't really know how to create. And in my own personal life, you know, that doing all this work on myself first, because I always do the work on myself before I share it with anyone else, is what that led me to create was this laptop lifestyle that I've been wanting for several years to create. And it's happened at a very rapid rate where I left my hometown of Portland, Oregon, 
in January and and now I'm in Southern California and I'm preparing to move to Kauai where I've dreamed of living for 20 years. And it was actually such a far-fetched pipe dream, quote unquote, for so long that I never even let myself really acknowledge that I wanted to live there until February of this year. And now we're just a few months away. My son and I go there in seven weeks to go find our house. Oh, that's so exciting. Yes, we have all the dogs have had all their blood tests and shots. And we're just waiting on blood results so they don't have to be in quarantine so they can have a direct release. So it's just a waiting game from here on out. And in January, we will be moving to Kauai and literally, you know, living where I've been dreaming of living for 20 years and making more money than I ever made in my previous business and being able to stay home and work with my son and work with incredible women over the phone and online and watch them create their dream lives. So it's been pretty amazing. And that's, uh, that's kind of my path in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to talk about the work you're doing now, which is, uh, I find really, really interesting as women, right? Cause primarily you work with women. Yeah. So as women, the, the idea like, you know, biologically, energetically, we're here to create, right? Whether it's a human, another human in their body, or whether it's a business or whether it's art. For me, a lot of the time it's art. Not going to lie. I make art. Um, (laughs) took me a long time to be like, world, I'm an artist. Um, and and I really like what you were saying about, you know, you, you wouldn't let yourself even think that it was possible. And I think for, for me personally, but for a lot of people I know as well, the only thing stopping us is ourself and our beliefs. It's so true. And, you know, for a long time, women weren't even really able to dream. And if they did dream, they certainly weren't able to really go after it. So we're at this really incredible time and place in the world and in the universe and in history where we have so much more opportunity and we can, you know, claim that we're an artist and, you know, claim that we want to live in Kauai and go after these dreams. Yeah. And and do it using our own gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So there has been a long time in history where we haven't really been able to do that. And if we did, you know, a lot of times we would get persecuted for it. And unfortunately, there are still some places in the world that women do have struggles in being able to really voice what they want and go after what they want. So yeah, absolutely. uh, On a mission to create this ripple effect of women going after their dreams and then changing the face of the world and, you know, encouraging and, and shifting some of those other dynamics in the places in the world where women don't have that ability yet. So Mm. I think there's, you know, this great ripple effect that is going to happen to really start to change the face of of the opportunities that women can create for themselves. Yeah. And not to say, you know, by any means, you know, I think I think it's important for everybody to manifest whatever whatever it is they want. And I think when we really follow our hearts desire and our soul purpose, you know, it's we're only going to create good in the world when we're really following our true purpose. Yeah. So absolutely. man, man or woman. So yeah. Not to, not to, for any men listening, it certainly isn't a, you know, <laughs> nope, we're an all inclusive podcast. Um, uh, so yes, we are <laughs> really quickly. Um, what for you is manifesting? What does that mean? Uh, to you? Cause it, it means something a little bit different. I find to m- most people. Okay. So for me, manifesting is putting an intention, a thought, out into the universe or out to God or spirit or source or whatever you choose to um, call it and have that come back to you. So I have a really incredible story of manifesting. The first time I I really manifested something big was I was about uh, 19 years old. Maybe I was 20 and I was out to dinner with a friend of mine. And this was when like cell phones were just coming out. So I had the like Motorola StarTac. Oh, that was the coolest phone. When it came (laughs) out, it was the coolest phone. (laughs) 
<laughs> I totally was. So I was rocking the StarTac, and I was sitting at a little restaurant having dinner with a friend, and I was telling him everything I wanted. And I said, you know, I want to live out in the country and not have to pay rent, but have acreage and be able to work from where I was. And at that time I was uh, like a dreadlocked hippie girl and I was a total stoner. And I was like, I want to be able to grow weed and don't have to worry about anything. And I had this big long list. I was so specific. And I was, as I was finishing my last sentence of everything I wanted, my StarTech ring. And I picked up the phone and it was a job offer that was giving me every single thing I had just mentioned that I wanted. Wow. And I knew in my heart and my friend just who I was I was trying to explain to him what manifesting was. And I was like, I'm going to manifest this. And literally the phone rang before I had even finished my last sentence with this long list of everything that I wanted that was important to me at that time. And there it was right there. And so that was, yeah, I've been reflecting on that memory recently because I had kind of forgotten about it for a little while. And I was like, gosh, you know, I really have been actively manifesting for almost 20 years. And, um, you know, that was such an incredible moment right there. So for me, manifesting is putting something out, believing that you can have it. Yeah. The belief is a huge part and holding that vision and that faith and that belief and allowing the universe or God or source to deliver it to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I love that you have had these gifts for so long and now you're finally, you know, you've, you've entered this path of getting the things that you want because you followed your heart. And for for a lot of us, we feel like if we do the thing that we really love to do, it feels so easy. How could it all work out? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the thing. Yeah. No, people, I mean, people always say to me, it's, it's, you know, oh, I can't do that. It's, it's like, it doesn't feel like work. Well, then that's what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That we have this belief that the things we want, we'll use money because everybody can relate to money is, you know, money needs to be really hard to make. And we you know, are brought up with these stories about, oh, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, you can only have money or happiness and who's to say you can't have both, you know? So there's a really interesting exercise where you can do, and you can just journal on your earliest money stories. And some of my early money stories are giving my brother a 20 minute foot rub when I was like eight years old for a dollar, which was a steal. <laughs> yeah. He lucked out. <laughs> and I remember my thumb hurting so bad because this was way before I knew about body mechanics as an eight year old. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I remember shaking my hands out when he gave me the dollar and I was ungrateful here. I had worked so hard for a dollar and I was in physical pain. So for me, one of my stories that I had created was that you have to be, you have to go through pain in order to receive money. And you know, we create a lot of these stories throughout our lifetimes and we also witness them yeah. as well from our, the authority figures in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, if you see a, a parent or an authority figure going to a job they love every day that they really have passion for, then you'll probably be inspired to follow your passion. But if you see a parent or authority figure going to a job every day, you know, just to you know, make ends meet and connect the dots and they're dragging their feet and they're working for the man. I mean, it's not great. Energetic. Exactly. I mean, yes, exactly. People in the world live that way. And and we're not saying that, you know, we live in a world where everyone has those choices, but it, you do notice that those uh, examples in people's lives do impact their beliefs. Oh, it's so true. And you can even take it further where uh, I'm watching my mom go do something she's passionate about but she's hardly making any money. Whereas I'm watching my dad go do a job he absolutely hates, but he's making a lot of money, right? So then you can tie in that if I do what I'm passionate about, I'm not going to make any money. And, you know, we can oftentimes refer to that as the starving artist syndrome, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, with these, these beliefs go so thick and it, they can kind of create a riptide 
effect as well, too. So, you know, it's just really insightful. And it's so fun. So a lot of the work that I do is I work with women to identify what are these beliefs? Mm. And how are they just simply not true? And how can you rewrite those? Yeah, that's a lot of times is the first step. So to really, truly manifest on a high level, it's really important to rewrite those beliefs and to um, uncover those limiting beliefs. Because if this belief subconsciously is going on in the background, you know, part of manifesting is putting out to the universe and believing it's going to come true. Yeah, absolutely. Subconsciously don't believe it's going to happen. Then that's going to block you from being able to manifest that. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, we're not just talking about money, right? This isn't about privilege in any way. It's really, and it, you know, it could do with finding a partner. It could do with, um, really attracting anything in your life that you want, right? It doesn't have to do with privilege or, um, money specifically, right? Like a lot of women out there say, Oh, I'll never find anyone. There's no good men out there, but putting that phrase out there, putting that energy out there makes it true for them. Exactly. Exactly. And same with this is what I experienced in my time as a fertility coach. And, and I still work with some women on helping them to manifest and, you know, bring baby into their life. Because like I was talking about a woman with a woman earlier today, and she was saying, you know, I go on a walk at lunchtime, and I see pregnant people, and it just makes me depressed. Mm. And so she has this belief that a she can only be happy if she has a baby. And then also seeing other people with babies triggers pain for her. So baby is painful. Mm. And that's essentially the vibration that she's been putting out into the universe. So, you know, then we take the step to, okay, identify that and then to rewrite that to where, you know, baby is, is easy and soothing and joyful and, getting her to a place for this particular person, getting her to a place where she can genuinely feel, you know, happy when she sees other people with babies or other pregnant women, because like attracts like when you're talking about the law of attraction and manifesting. Yeah. So if she's in a space where she's depressed, when she sees something she wants, the universe is going to go, Oh, that brings you pain. Okay. I'm not going to bring that to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Or, or if she says, I'll be happy when, yep. but right now she's putting out the vibration that she's depressed and, you know, worried and afraid, then those energies don't match up. Yeah. It's really interesting. People talk a lot about law of attraction and it's definitely something I believe in. And a lot of people who don't understand what it is, think that it's like a, you know, a magic, magical thinking thing, but it's actually being so happy and aligned with what you want that it becomes attracted to you. Exactly. Exactly. It's not the wishing for it. It's not the wanting it because the wanting it pushes away. It's the feeling like you already have it and, and sustaining that joy. Exactly. Because when you are wanting something, you're in a space where you're in a lack mentality Yeah, and lack mentality blocks being able to receive and being able to manifest. Hmm. Well, I want to talk a little bit about now about the work you're doing now in receiving. So I, you came from the fertility coach, um, background with nutrition tied in and food is so important. A lot of people, myself included in the past, haven't given the food aspect the, as much consideration as it really, cause I mean, that's what we're made of, right? We're literally physically mm-hmm. made of food. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Some of us more cake than others. I'm raising my hand over here. Um, but, you know, and, and all of those things are really integrative. But as women, I want to talk about receiving and what that means from a female perspective and a male perspective in the work that you're doing now, because I think it's so juicy and amazing. Yes, yes. And I love it. So I I talk a lot about the divine feminine and you and I were even talking about this the other day on the phone. So mm. when you... Think about what is it to be feminine? What are some of the characteristics of being feminine? Well, on a very physical um, base level, the woman is the receiver, right? You get a man and a woman together, the man is going to be giving or pushing and the woman is going to be 
receiving. Feminine energy is also um, very nurturing and compassionate and very just very flowing, whereas male energy is very much, you know, it's pushing, it's go, 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 it's more competitive, right? And we are living so much more in a male-dominated society, right? With Mm. careers and deadlines and always having to like stress about the mortgage payment or whatever. We're very go, go, go and very pushy. And even in business, it's very pushy a lot of times, right? So that's in that is putting us in our, yeah, it's the, it's the take charge of your life, make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. It's that hustle, that constant hustle. The hustle. (laughs) The hustle and the struggle is real. These are terms. The struggle is real. (laughs) It is. It's so real. I mean, I'm in Bali and the struggle is still real here. Here, like y'all have not seen traffic until you've seen motorbike traffic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like a kilometer deep and there's no smog regulations. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and yeah, so and that's very masculine energy. Mm. So for every person, male and female has masculine and feminine, feminine energies within them. But it's really important to find the balance. Yeah. And in particular for women, you know, we need to have a little bit more, we need to be more in that feminine state because we're the female, right? So as we have been fighting for equality for so long and equal pay and equal opportunities, there's, you know, we've been really put in, we've been really operating in this masculine Mm. state. And what that does is that suppresses our feminine energy. And in turn, and for women, our, our ability to create our center of creation lies within our womb, right? What does our womb do? It literally creates life. It creates a human. Exactly. Exactly. It's a baby maker. It's what it is. It's our baby maker. It's also where our center of creation lies. Yeah. And that's our feminine energy. So when we're operating in a masculine state predominantly, that's suppressing that feminine Mm. energy, that creative energy. And it's suppressing our ability to literally create whatever life we want. Maybe it's a life with a partner. Maybe it's a life with babies. Maybe it's a life in Bali, um, you know, or Hawaii, whatever it is. Maybe it's a life of financial abundance, whatever that life is Mm. that you're trying to create. If you're operating more in that masculine state, particularly as a woman, you're suppressing that creative energy. And that's going to make it really difficult to really manifest everything that you, you want. Absolutely. Okay. And, and I love what you said about everyone has the masculine and the feminine energy inside them, because a lot of the time when we're talking about, um, you know, working with women or working with men, I think we leave out our LGBTQ friends. And so this is really something that's accessible to everyone, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's such a good point. Sorry, my dog was barking in the background. That's all right. You got a lot of people on your team. (laughs) Dog people. I I sure do. So yeah, you know, it's very all inclusive. And it's not, you know, just female oriented or whatever. It's very every every single one of us has these energies. And it's just really important to find that balance. Because imbalance when we're operating in an imbalanced state, it's really unsustainable. And we're going to find burnout. We're going to find fatigue with whatever it is in our life. You know, maybe yeah. we're just not passionate about our, our job, our career, where we're living, whatever it is. So as we find that balance, we're going to find more that we're in flow. We're going to find more that we are passionate. Mm in the long run and on a sustainable level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that balance is different for everyone, right? Like obviously maybe most guys are going to have a more masculine swing and most women are going to have a more feminine swing, but there's also within each person, it's, it's a, it's a careful, you know, it's a careful dance on that line. Completely. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. So men are going to be a little more masculine. Women are going to be more feminine 
And, you know, there are, there are really good times when it's important to be receptive. There are also really good time, important times when it, it is going to be important to, you know, be a little more masculine and be more go, 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 or be more giving. But it's important to come back to that being receptive for a woman and for a man to go, you know, back into that being more fem, or excuse me, being more masculine state. So it's like a teeter totter. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And as women, what are some things that we can do to like identify that energy and even just to, you know, to, to first of all, identify like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm being in this pushy masculine thing when I'm expecting something to come my way. And, and what are some things that we can do to, um, further tap into that feminine energy? I love that question. And I really like to encourage people to tap in on a very physical level because we just get so disconnected. So what you can do, men and women can do this. So your center of creation for men, I realize you don't have a womb. It's really your second chakra, which is that like second energy center that we were talking about earlier in this podcast. Mm. So what you can do to physically connect with that area is place your fingertips If you were to slide from your belly button down and find your pubic bone and then just rest your hands on your abdomen. So if you find your pubic bone, keep your fingertips there and then just rest your abdomen there and then take some deep breaths and breathe down into your lower abdomen and into your pelvic bowl so you feel your hands raise with your breath. And a lot of times when we're in a very masculine state, we're going to be more go, go, go. So we're going to be breathing higher up into our chest. So you might find that it's actually quite difficult to breathe down into that lower abdomen. You might be contracting your ab muscles more to force that. Um, so one thing you can do is just open your mouth because that will change how you're breathing. It'll force you to breathe more with your diaphragm and breathe in through your mouth so you can really engage on a physical level those energy centers. Yeah, cool. It's um, it's so interesting because when we talk about feeling, right? Mm-hmm. There, I think feeling is really when a lot of the time when we're in that energy that is not best serving us, right? When we're pushier than we need to be or we're less engaged than we need to be, we're in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And that's very ungrounded. So these lower energy centers are very grounding. Mm. So one other thing you can do is depending on where you are and what the weather's like is you can literally go outside and sit down on the ground Mm. or if you're in a high rise, just sit down on the floor and visualize yourself sitting on the ground. Yeah. And for everyone, Sorry, really quickly for everyone at home, grounding from where I'm sitting, from my knowledge, is really when you get centered and you really come back into your breath, you come back into your body and you kind of calm down and and recenter yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you're stressed out a lot, if you have a lot of anxiety or if you're just very go, 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 if you're living a very fast paced lifestyle or you have a job where you're working 68, 80 hours a week, whatever it is, for whatever reason, you're stressed out a lot, or anytime you do find stress, grounding even for a couple of minutes will completely change your your physical world. You'll feel your shoulders relax. You'll feel your breathing slow down. You will experience more clarity of thought because you're going to literally be getting more oxygen to your brain as you're slowing down and taking deeper breaths and you're getting out of what's called survival mode when you do that. Okay. Yeah. We've had some people come on talking about the parasympathetic nerve and, and really getting into that state of your, in your body where you're not fight or flight. You're really in your body. You're very present and you're connected. Exactly. And that's so important for being receptive. The parasympathetic nervous system is so important. And when you are breathing really quickly, you are compressing against, on a physical level, you're pressing up against your vagus nerve, which is the nerve that stimulates being in that parasympathetic state. So if you are, if your diaphragm is 
compressed against that nerve because you're holding your diaphragm tight when you're breathing up into your chest. Yeah. You are literally constricting that vagus nerve. So your phys- it's going to be almost physically impossible to get into a parasympathetic state. So as you open your mouth, as I had mentioned earlier, when you were taking a deep breath, what you do is you force more of a diaphragmatic breath. So you're going to be using your diaphragm. So you're going to be allowing your diaphragm to relax more instead of just consistently holding it tight. Cool. And this is really caveman stuff, right? I mean, when we think about it, and I've talked about this before in earlier episodes in the podcast, our bodies are not adapted to the world, right? Like technology has happened so quickly and the stress of the modern world and the rat race and the hustle. Like when you're stressed, your body doesn't know if you have, you know, a report due or if a bear is chasing you or like Completely. a woolly mammoth, you know? Yeah. So a lot of the time I have to be like, body, it's not a bear. Chill out. We're cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this, this is all very in, intrinsic stuff here. It is very caveman. This is how our bodies have evolved over time. And, you know, we don't know if, yeah, the traffic we're sitting on, sitting in that's stressing us out because now we're going to be late for our appointment and we have to, you know, give a presentation or whatever it is. We don't, we, our brains, our bodies on an innate level don't differentiate that between running for life from a saber tooth tiger or anything like that. So this is all very, very intrinsic stuff here. Yeah. So, and I love that we're talking about this because one of the phrases that I use a lot is, our innate potential. So each one of us carries this innate potential. And I, I've never heard this phrase before. It's one I kind of coined because I'm writing a book right now. No, I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. No, people come up with really fun. Like I, you know, people there, there's always these little fun phrases. I, I've coined a few not, not suitable for work appropriate ones, <laughs> in my time. but you know, everyone has those, like, this is my claim to fame. It's getting me in the dictionary. I love that. So our innate potential our innate potential. and one of, yes. And so what I mean by this is I think every single person can listening can relate to this. So if you are, you know, driving through a really fancy neighborhood and you see these incredible houses and you, you can use this in, in any area of your life. So, uh, this is just a situation that recently came up in conversation. So I'm utilizing it. Mm-hmm. So you're driving through these really nice, fancy neighborhoods. You see these gorgeous houses and you just think, Oh my gosh. I could really see myself living here. And you start thinking about it and daydreaming about it. And just as quickly as you get really, really excited and expansive about thinking about living in one of these beautiful houses, just as quickly you say, Oh, but that can never be me. I'll never have that. And so something else that we, you know, will do is like seeing a gorgeous dress in a store or something. And, you know, it's so absolutely beautiful and you can start picturing yourself in it but then you won't even let yourself try it on because it's way too nice for anything you'll ever be going to and it's probably way too expensive and it doesn't even have a price tag on it so why would you even look at that yeah so there's this moment where we have this innate potential because we can see it for ourselves Mm. right and then we we stop ourselves we don't feel like we're worthy right we get to there's this shift that happens and it's um, right now I'm calling it like the crux point, right? The we crux can point. To, it's like Harry yes. Potter. Too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a very masculine term. Um, I'm working with it. So no, no, no. Yeah. I love it. I'm just, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> like that's what, You say crux and I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> and the crux is like this. It's like what a crux is. I used to rock climb. So when you're at the crux, when you're climbing, right, it's like this really challenging area Mm. and you can either work your way through it and finish the climb or, you know, you can just go back down to where you were and rappel down. So when you're looking at this incredible house or this incredible gown, you get really, really excited. And then you reach this crux point. And most people We'll just say, oh, there's no way I can ever have that. But some people will say, you know what? I'm dreaming about this for a reason. Yeah. And 
I'm going to go after this. I don't know how I'm going to get her. I don't even know why I want it so bad. But, you know, I'm daydreaming about it. I can't stop thinking about it. And there's I'm nothing stopping me. this happen. Right. Like, I've yeah. got the clips to get into the hill, and I'm roped up, and I'm not going to fall. Like, you know, there's really nothing stopping me. And it's I, I think it's interesting because everyone has those cruxes in different parts of their life, right? Like, in terms of the dating game when you're single – most of the time, yeah. people are, are like, they don't feel worthy enough to ask out the person they really, they really want to talk to, you know? It's one of those, exactly. like, you know, a lot of time, like, a, a girl will see a guy and, or a guy will see a girl and they'll be like, oh no, she's, she's too good for me. He's too good for me. And it's like, I have a theory, like, no one is ever too good for anyone else. We're all humans. Get over yourselves. But, Completely. <laughs> like, I agree. Yeah. But I mean, it's so interesting because there's all these different parts of people's lives where this totally applies. Yeah, it does. And so many, and you know, I just use a couple simple examples and that's yeah. why I was like, you know, you can absolutely relate to this. And I know every single person listening has talked themselves out of something that, you know, they, I, for almost 20 years talked myself, I wouldn't even let myself think about living in Hawaii. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we've all done it. We all do it. And, you know, so we have this innate you know, potential where we could actually go make that happen. So what if we started, instead of talking us down, noticing that we'll naturally go towards talking ourselves down because that's what we're used to. Mm. But what if we started more like it's like you're at a fork in the road and you're used to going right because that looks a lot easier going left. You know, there's hills, there's mountains, it's foggy. You can't even see the other end even though you know what's on the other end, you have an idea, you have a vision because mm. you've seen a picture of it. What if we started going down that road more? Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what a lot of this work is. Right. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all very hard. It's just different. It's the unknown the challenges. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that totally goes so, back into our whole caveman thing. Right. Like I think a lot of the time we don't, you know what I mean? We have aversions to certain foods because it's like a caveman thing, you know? Like, mm -hmm. we're intrinsically programmed to, you know, to go with what we know because that's survivalist, right? If you know with which what works and you haven't been run over by a woolly mammoth yet, well, then it works. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the, one of the things I love when I was doing this research uh, for my book and you know, checking out synonyms for the phrase innate potential. One of the synonyms, as you dig down from that word, is dormant. Mm. And then another synonym, as you keep digging through dormant, is spiritless. So what, what I gather, what that means to me is that, you know, we, if we have this potential, but if we don't tap into it, we're literally spiritless. But so, what if we keep yeah. going down that left road? What if we start going left more than we go right? Now we're exploring this potential within us. We're waking up. This, this energy is no longer dormant, right? Now we're living a spiritful life. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so much. Thank you. Exciting news, little humans. Today's episode is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. I make all my art, music, daily doodle cartoons, which you can see on my website, NJ Loves. That's NJ like NormaJeanLoves.com. We've also teamed up with Bali Spirit Festival. It's been mentioned a few times on the podcast and some of the guests are going to present there. Levi Banner, Nadine McNeil, Awahoshi. It's April 2nd through 8th, 2018. And we've teamed up with them to offer you guys a discount to come to Bali and come to Bali Spirit Festival. So hopefully it's that extra little push to get you over here Use the code STAYWILD for $40 off the five-day spirit pass or Stay Wild Abundance for $50 off the full enchilada abundance pass. So hopefully for, for those of you that are listening to the podcast and really resonating with the content, with the guests, with the spirit of Bali, it'll help get you here to Bali to meet some of the people that have come on the podcast and really join the spirit of what we're doing. 
If you do like the podcast, as usual, please subscribe, write us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, share the show with your friends. It's available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and also Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. So, you know, every time you hear a bell, an angel gets its wings. (laughs) And every time you write a review and share the show, other people are able to find it. It moves us up in the rankings. So hopefully in the, in the algorithm. So hopefully, um, more people will find the show and can share in all of these amazing stories and journeys and niche expertise. So I hope you're enjoying today's episode and let's get back to it. All right, little humans, we're back here with Lindsay Dam, who's a life coach, spiritual guide, and mentor, super mom, out of California currently, but soon to be Hawaii. And before the break, we were talking about really to get the things you want, sometimes you have to step into the unknown, go down a path where maybe you know what the outcome of that path is, but you don't know what it's like to get there. Um, you know, the road less traveled, right? The known versus the unknown, or the unknown versus the known. Um, and Lindsay, what are some tips that you have for the Stay Wild listener about going down that path? You know, probably the biggest tip and piece of advice I could give is to really learn to trust your intuition because she's never going to put you in harm. Mm. She's, she wants to fulfill her purpose and she wants you to fulfill your purpose and she wants you to be so incredibly happy and joyful and radiating passion. Mm. So learn to trust, learn to listen to the difference between your ego and your intuition. So oftentimes the ego is more like this harsh, a little more negative voice can be more loud. Whereas your intuition is going to be more gentle, more soft and more sincere. So sometimes if you're so far off your path, your intuition is just going to be like, listen, but for the most part, she's going to be more sincere, a little more quiet, and it's going to be more in the back of your head, whereas your ego is more up front, uh, in front of your head. So learn to trust and really learn to, you know, or really embrace that your intuition and your higher self and the universe are never going to lead you down a path that's going to cause harm. And then the other thing that I really like to get across to people is you don't have to know how you're going to get there. That's up to the universe. I love that. So I actually had a perfect example of this yesterday. I was driving around and completely freak accident. There was this massive rock in the road and I tried to swerve and I didn't swerve enough. So it completely destroyed my tire. And I was actually chanting my affirmations at the same time while I was doing this. And amazingly, my car did not spin out. I was in complete control and I was able to safely pull into a residential street. And I was on my way home. I had a client to call and I was like, okay, I'm stuck momentarily, but I was able to call an Uber. They picked me and my son up. I had my son in the car and we were able to go home and take care of everything. And I was like, okay, well, this is a perfect example. I'm always going to get to where I'm going. Yeah. Maybe not in the vehicle. And this was such a literal example. Oh, I love that. In the vehicle that I was planning on, you know, so, but I was, and I was safe and protected the whole time. And there were some other lessons I learned from that incident, but you know, that was really the first takeaway. I was like, okay, you know, I'm still getting to where I'm going, just not in the exact way that I anticipated. And that's okay. So, you know, just learning to trust your intuition and release the how to the universe and the universe will oh, deliver like your best next step. Release the how. Release the how. We get so stuck up in the how and that's masculine. And that is, and that's also ego. So learn to trust your intuition, release the how and 
as you follow your intuition, you only need to know the, the next best step to take. Mm. So you don't need to know every step. They will appear along the path. No, you're, you're totally right. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how did you come to live in Bali? Like I planned it, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, well, you know, I started writing songs and then I came on a vacation and then I met a community of artists that became my friends and then they wanted to write songs. And then I told them I wrote songs and then, you know, they were very supportive. And then I came back to make an album on the way to law school. I came back to, I came back to Bali being like, Oh, let me just stop and like make an album real quick. No. No. And then, you know what I mean? And then I like stayed longer and I did other projects and then, it, you know, it, it became my life, but it wasn't like I came here, you know, thinking, okay, world. And I don't think I'm going to be here, you know, for the indefinite stretch of the entire rest of my life. But people ask me that all the time, you know, like, and it's so interesting because a lot of the time with, with projects, with work, with relationships, with money, with financial planning, whatever that is, we're always so worried about the how. Exactly. Exactly. So release the how, you know, I want to, I'm, I gotta, I'm going to make a cartoon about this. This is going to be a daily doodle guys. Release the how. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes. Release the how continue just taking the next best step. And you're a perfect example. You've continued taking the left road and just following the next best step. And you have, you know, we did an exercise the other day and you mm. know exactly where you're going to be in five years. Just continue taking the steps, release the how and trust that intuition. Yeah. You know, and for me, you know, in my life, I went from this is something I talk about a lot now because I had no idea how I thought I did. And I was very stubborn the first six months I was in this online business and I lost like all of my money. I, um, you know, my mom was helping me pay my rent at 34 years old. I'd been working for myself since I was 23. It was certainly, you know, I, <laughs> uh, certainly a learning lesson there, yeah. but I went from food stamps to making five figures in nine months and right. less than nine months. Wow. So, you know, I released the how. Yeah. And you still have to be reminded to release the how, but just trust and know and follow that intuition because you can have massively rapid results. Right. And we're, we're not saying that, um, when you say release the how, and I, I totally get what you're saying, but for the, for the say wild listeners at home, that doesn't mean take a backseat in your life. No, no. It means take inspired action right? Listen to your intuition on what's the next step. This is not just sit back and let everything happen because you're thinking about it. And I think that's where a lot of people misconstrue the law of attraction and manifesting. They think about it, but they don't actually take any action towards it. Yes, take action, but follow inspired action. And that inspired action is going to come through the universe through your intuition. Mm, I love that. that that can be in the form of thoughts that just instantly come into your head and they just feel right, right? They have this feeling, this lightness about them. You get really excited about it. They can come in the form of, you know, messages from dreams or visions. People experience messages and inspired inspired messages in different ways. Mm. So they can come from, you know, like I said, thoughts just popping into your head. Maybe you see signs that literally tell you what to do. Maybe you have a dream that is just so real and you wake up and you just think I have to do that. So start learning your intuition and you can do that again by just physically putting your hand right there on your lower abdomen, like we talked about earlier, and connect with yourself. Because as you get out of your head and start connecting more with yourself, you're going to allow for that intuitive hearing to be able to, for those intuitive messages to actually be heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. Release the how. Take inspired action. I'm all about it. Um, so Lindsay, you mentioned briefly, you kind of like passed over it. You're writing a book. I am writing a book. I'm very excited about that. And it's largely about, uh, it's really to inspire women, um, similar along the lines of what we've been talking about today, but it's, based off of my experiences of, um, I got pregnant. We did not go over this. I got pregnant from a sexual assault from being taken advantage of. And I turned what could have been 
you know, it was a horrible experience and I do not condone it whatsoever. Um, that, you know, that act, but I chose to keep my child and to nurture him and to really take this life that was given to me and turn, I call it, I turned lemons into sparkling champagne. So I, I, I talk about this and really the, I gloss over the experience of how I got pregnant because that's not what I want to focus on by any means. I don't want to put more energy into that. What I talk about is how I was able to heal and to really transform my life and create a life that I am so incredibly passionate about. Mm, and, I love that. And, I, wow. Wow. I'm yeah. sorry. Wow. I'm, that just, I, I'm going to say a couple things. Number one, that's incredibly brave. Whoa. Um, number two, I love that you are, you know, I, I, we get to choose what stories define us. And I mm-hmm. love that you are choosing your story and in such a beautiful way. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I am, you know, and the, the book continues as I, as it gets bigger and the more I write, you know, I'm really, a lot of the book is written with my eyes closed and simply channeling from the universe and my higher self, what I'm writing in there. And I mean, I have to say, I think it's an amazing book and it continues to evolve and in the shape of it, you know, so there, I've thought about some titles and what it's about before I started writing it and it's just evolved so much. So I'm at 15,000 words only right now. So we'll see (laughs) what it looks like at 30,000 words and at 50,000 words, (laughs) but it continues to evolve. And, you know, it's, it's my story and my story continues to evolve and your story continues to evolve. And it's really, uh, my intention behind it is to really inspire women to choose and to, you know, not be the backseat driver of their life, but but to choose to go out and live a life that they are wildly passionate about. And that's what I chose. If I hadn't, I promise everyone listening, if I hadn't chosen this life that was handed to me, I would still be living in Portland and Portland is a great city. I love it, but I'm from there. I've wanted to move for many, many years I would still be living in Portland. I would still be in a career that, you know, I built. I loved it. I was so passionate about it at one time, but I, I knew I wanted more. So I would still be living a passionate less life. I would still be living a spirit less life. So, you know, I really want to inspire and to encourage women to, you know, choose, choose to take the left road and to follow your intuition and to take leaps of faith Mm. because what happens is something so incredibly miraculous. Nobody can, nobody can show you what will happen for you until you actually do it. So, or unless you actually do it because it's a different road, it's a different story for every person, but it's so incredibly worth it. And the lessons that I've learned, I will never go back to doing what I was. I loved it for a while for a time, but you know, there was, a time, it was time for me to do more. And we all have these stepping stones along our path, right? For a while, doing solely massage and energy work in person and nutritional therapy was my path. But then, you know, it was time to take that next step. Yeah. And you can always time for several years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can always evolve and and change your mind at any moment. You know, the the path, the path can change. And I I love that. You know, I, I know a lot of people who are very successful because they pivot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they let themselves be flexible. That's incredible. Well, Lindsay, how can people find you? So they can head over to my website, lindsaydam.com and they can contact me there. They, I have an incredible Facebook group, uh, called the sacred sisterhood where I do a lot of trainings and lives and they can join right from my website. So everything's nice and easy. lindsaydam.com come connect come say hi. And, uh, you know, even if you're not ready to take a leap of faith or to 
or to, you know, start taking that left road. Sometimes you got to dip your toes in. Yeah, absolutely. Dip your toes, connect with some incredible women. And, you know, I do a lot of, of Facebook lives and trainings on there. And, you know, if you want to discuss, you know, working together and how I can help support you, so you can start to rapidly manifest, then you can connect with me again through lindsaydam.com. Awesome. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes. Um, Lindsay, thank you so much again for coming on Stay Wild. <laughs> it was such a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, little humans, I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Lindsay Dam. I really appreciated it. And uh, here's today's Toast Poem. It's a little bit related, you know, as they always are. Sometimes, you know, there's things that are kind of reminiscent of of topics brought up in the interview. Um, But I wrote this poem about that soft feminine energy. So hopefully it, it connects a little bit and resonates. Here we go. Coming. He's coming. Foretold by the breeze whispering to me on cool afternoons. The partner, the lover, searching for me as I hail you with intention, never chasing, full, feminine, beguiling in existence. That is more than enough. The woman doesn't need to try. The woman needs to be. Anything more than that is stomping on a field of daisies. A purposeful Roman army pushing, fighting, hard. The woman is soft. She calls the man not with screams or demands, but whispers, whispers like the breeze that announces your arrival, whispers on the breeze that say he's coming. All right, little humans, that concludes today's show. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Lindsay Dam, our toast poem. And if you like the show, please subscribe, share it with friends, write us a review in the Apple Podcasts iTunes store. Today's episode is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. I'm a singer, songwriter, daily doodler, and you can see all my shenanigans at njloves.com. That's njlikenormajeanloves.com. Until next time, little humans, stay wild. So we keep on. Keeping on